Hello and welcome to the Albion Obsessed podcast. We come to you on the back of yet another historic night at the Amex. Brighton and Hove Albion have clinched top spot in Group B. We've come a long, long way together. Let's see who we've got on the show today. Curtis in his best Santa outfit. How are you, mate? It's Christmas time. I'm very merry, as you can see. Ho, ho, and a third ho. Uh, I'm, I'm doing really, really good. I'm glad to be here. It's been a while since I've been on the pod, so happy to be back and discussing a historic, historic night uh, for the club. Do you know what, Curtis? It's absolutely lovely to see you back, having your beautiful face next to me. It's like I was looking back at our messages, actually, earlier. I was feeling a bit sentimental, and we've been talking to each other for over two years now. Would you believe that? Yeah. It's unbelievable. I'm what glad I've been able to put up with you for that long. <laughs> I know. You deserve a medal. Anyway, let's see who else we've got on the show today. We've got a long-time listener of the show, actually, Andrew. Um, so good to finally have you on. We've chatted a lot at the Amex as well. Um, how are you, mate? All good? Yes, I'm very well. Thank you very much. Yeah, lovely to be on at, at uh, last. And, uh, yeah, fantastic to be a part of the show. And, uh, yeah, really looking forward to uh, getting into it. Joining us on a very, very historic podcast, obviously topping Group B, absolutely fantastic. Um, as you know, Andrew, we like to ask our first-time Albion guests three Albion-related questions. I'll start off with the first one. So what was your first Albion game? Oh, dear. I went to the Goldstone. Um, can't remember who we were playing, but, yeah, the Goldstone brings a lot of memories back. Um in actual fact, my my father used to know the groundsman there at the time. So there's, I mean, used to have a few other family members that used to kind of, you know, muck in and uh, sort out the ground, ready for the next couple, ready for the next game. But yeah, absolutely, yeah, um, yeah. The Goldstone Ground brings back a lot of memories because you kind of live up that way, just around the corner from it. So yeah, it was, it was uh, fantastic, really. So happy so. days, Curtis. Yeah. You want to go with the next one? What was the question, sir? The uh, f- favorite player. Go with favorite player. Oh, you can't do this to me, Joseph. Uh, no, favorite... ask, ask Andrew. Oh, oh, oh. He's the guest. Sorry. <laughs> I see, you know what? That's what I mean. I've spent such a long time since I've been on the bloody thing. Hi, Andrew. Who is your favorite Albion player, past or present? Oh, that's a, that's, a, that's a big question, isn't it? Um... Well, Glenn Murray was obviously one of my favourites. Um, we had, uh, do you remember Kurt Nogan? No, no, he was one of the players many years ago, but he was back at the Goldstone days, I think he was. But, uh, but yeah, and there's just Zamora, Bobby Zamora, fantastic. Um, yeah, I think whichever player, whichever player has been with the club is always going to be a legend because of what they've done for the club. So you've just got to kind of remember that and kind of just enjoy what they did. And, uh, you know, it's quite often, it's quite nice to see them around the ground and see them doing other social stuff. And it's uh, quite nice to see that they're still, you know, still in love with the club, which is fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Um, Andrew, you know that I'm a massive football shirt nerd. Um, I've spoken to you at length at the Amex about football shirts. Um, probably bored you to death about it, but I'm going to ask you a football shirt question now. What is your favourite ever Albion shirt? 
Wow, that's that's, a, that's another good question as well because there's been there's been loads of them. Um, the present ones you've got you've got the you've got this season shirts, you've got the Europa shirts, um, you've got shirts that were worn back at the Goldstone Ground. You've got Renobo on them, and uh, you've got the Skin shirts. There's so many of them that actually are really really good, but. There's not one that I can physically point out and say I love because I love them all, you know. Obviously, the Europa shirt is a very special shirt because obviously that's one of the big competitions we're, we're in now. So, yeah, and obviously it's just it's a very important one going forward. And, it, and it's got a 100% win record. I know, one game, know. all right. Don't Fantastic. shoot me. <laughs> Um, nice one. What, what game um, are you on about? I have no, no idea what game you're on about. I have no <laughs> idea. Just, I have no idea. What, what what even happened? What what competition are we in? Anyway, let's stop the joking about and let's talk about the serious stuff. Brighton and Hove Albion, as I said at the top of the show, have just beaten Marseille to come top of the Europa League group. The so-called group of death, which it was labelled by the media, not by us, I must say. Um, and we've completed it. We beat Ajax twice. We beat Athens. Granted, we were a little bit, as Dunkey said, deer in the headlights a little bit. Um, but what an incredible turnaround it's been from, from the first game. Um, so let's just run through the uh, starting lineup very quickly. So we had Jason stealing goal. It looked like a back three of Dunk, Van Hecker and Eagle. And then you're probably thinking wing backs were Gross and Hinshelwood. Um, probably Bonanotte and Gilmore were the midfield two, but Bonanotte pushing a little bit higher. Um, Adingra, Matoma and Jal Pedro um, leading the line of attack. So, Curtis, were there any surprises for you? Or is it with our starting lineups at the moment, is it very much, you know, we, we've got so many fit players, you can probably guess what the lineup's going to be. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't surprised by anyone there. I was pretty happy with that lineup, to be honest. Um, there was a, obviously questions about who was going to fit where, but like, um, yeah, no, no surprises for me. I was pretty happy with it. That's fair. Um, and Jack Hinshelwood getting yet another start for us, Andrew. Um, incredible from the lad to be, you know, starting in the Premier League, starting in the Europa League in such high profile games and, and playing so well. How how impressed have you been with, with the young lad since he's come in uh, to the fold? To be honest, he's, what is he? He's 18, isn't he? So considering there's so much pressure on the lad that to to be able to play at that level of football, that to come in and play in the Premier League, then play in the Europa League and be a part of a squad that's that's going for you know, it's just inc- it's just unbelievable. It, it, he's he's handling it so well. I'm so proud of him. He's just doing, he's he's doing, and he's taking, he's learning off the bigger player. He's learning off the senior players. And it's just an amazing, it's just an amazing situation to be watching this lad grow and become that professional footballer that, you know, he's always wanted to be because he's obviously his dad was a, was a footballer as well. And it's, you know, 
it's just yeah, you can't. There, there's there's only so much you can physically say about him because he's he's becoming really really kind of important to the team, and it's just great to see him progress. Yeah, Curtis, is that a credit to to our squad and and Deserby bedding in these young players into first team training, whatever we don't see behind the scenes, but it clearly happens because whenever these young players come into the squad, they seem so ready for it. Um, and Jack Kinshawwood being a, a huge, uh, huge proof of of that. Um, do you think that we've got maybe more, one or two more young players that are ready and waiting to step up as as well as Jack? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure of it. I'm so sure of it. I mean, not only is it a testament to you know Deserby and wanting to bring young lads through, it's also a testament to the uh, the coaching of the of the of the youth. You know, like seeing these uh, fantastically talented individuals coming through. Um, you know, we're getting flashes of uh, Doofus when he played for us. He, that little cameo he had where he nearly scored like immediately. That was pretty amazing. Um, but you know, we've got we've got so many young hungry players um and it's it's just it's obvious uh seeing uh seeing them on the pitch you can tell that they just they just want to play uh so i'm looking forward to the future of the club definitely yeah definitely it's in very good hands and i think we're starting to really see the uh the rewards for having such a good academy um, I think Tony Bloom said it would take some time. Um, obviously, when when we built it in Lansing, when did we move in there? 2014, I think. He said it would take probably around 10 years for us to really start to see the um, the, the the product of having such a good academy. And, and Jack Hinchwood being a fantastic example coming from uh, under eights, which I believe is a first age group for our, on our academy, all the way up to the senior squad. Um I can't remember the last time that happened. Maybe Lewis Dunk. I'm not sure if he joined that early on. But still, to have a player that's literally Brighton born, bred academy wise is just fantastic to see. Um, and, you know, a long time in the waiting since having, you know, the likes of Solly March and, and Lewis Dunk as well. We've got that next generation to come through and be that hero. Um, not to put too much pressure on the young lad at 18 years of age, you know, um, but he's got all of the capabilities. Um, we are live tonight, so if you are watching and you want to get involved, drop a comment and we'll read it out. It's not a problem. Um, and, yeah, we'll see what you think as well. So, Curtis, it became quite evident for me as the game started that Marseille, and probably rightly so, were just going to play for a draw. It was from from a perspective in the ground, it was unbelievably frustrating. They were time wasting from minute one. Um, did you get that impression watching on TV? I did, unfortunately. Yeah, it just seemed like that they came um, to be awkward, you know, to to keep hold of the ball and you just say waste time. Um, I, I was uh, shouting uh, at the screen uh, uh, many times, so I can imagine what it was like at the stadium. Um, but yeah, it was evident from the outset that that's what they were trying to do because they only needed the point, didn't they, essentially? so Yeah, it just looked like they were going to just sit back, hit us on the counter if they could score. Obviously, they needed to either win or or draw and, and they would have come top. So um, it was going to be a frustrating game anyway. Andrew, did you, did you see that set up and think, Gosh, this is going to be hard to break down. I think Brighton are notorious for not being able to break the teams down that just sit back. Um, did you think we were in for one of those afternoons that, you know, we're just going to be watching and watching and watching and 
will we score? <laughs> there were, I think from the start, I think there were points of that first few minutes when you know that Marseille are going to be on top of us because they're just going to want to kind of, because they're, they, they're going for a point. They don't need anything else to, to take the group. And with us needing that win, it was going to go, you could see there was a little bit of kind of, I don't know, there was, there was an awful lot of unnecessary delay in the game with unnecessary, you know, fouls being committed. And it just seemed as if there was kind of a lot of, um, the referee was kind of yellow card mad as, 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 you know, it didn't take an awful lot for the referee to kind of get a yellow card out in that game. But Marseille themselves, I think they were just, yeah, they just wanted, they wanted the point because they wanted the group and it's exactly what they were trying to do. And they, they were just doing everything possible to try and keep us out. So, so yeah, totally agree. Yeah, exactly that. Andrew, I was just really mega confused then because your name's come up in the comments. Hey, Joe Curtis and Andrew up the Albion. I'm thinking, what is he commenting whilst he's on? But it's your uh, lovely other half, Vicky. So hello, Vicky. Nice to see you watching. Um, and uh, you, you'll be happy to know this is an inside joke. So other viewers won't get this. I am not wearing my jeans that have a hole in them. I'm not poor. Um, but there we go. Anyway. So yeah, breaking um, news, everybody. Joe is not poor. A little bit, um, but that's fine. Screw the government. Anyway, Curtis, Andrew pointed out there was a lot of unnecessary. One, well, I don't, I don't know if they're unnecessary. I think the reactions from Marseille were unnecessary. I think there was a moment in the first half where I believe it was a Dingra who tried to get the ball and collided with the goalkeeper. It might have been Jao Pedro. Um, and the goalkeeper just laid there as if he'd been, you know, clattered into two foot challenge with studs up. Um, it's just really frustrating when teams come and do that. But I guess, am I just being annoyed because it was happening against us? And like, like, t- tell me if I'm being wrong or over dramatic. But I thought I, it was I understand ridiculous. it. I totally understand it because, like, when when that happened, that specific challenge, I was like, oh, he proper clattered him within there. And they showed the replay, and I was like, what? What's wrong with him? Get up, you know. Um, but listen, th- I, I think their game plan was quite literally to do that, frustrate us, and then when we're sort of off the gas a little, they'll counterattack. Um, mm. So they were doing everything they could to frustrate us, um, because you know we- there has been times where we've sort of lost our heads a little bit and made some silly challenges and yeah. things like that. So I think they were counting on that, but we were really resolute and really structured, and I thought we were really good last night at times there were still some bits where we're a little squiffy but otherwise i thought we were really good squiffy that is the word of the podcast and that is the word of the week so i challenge you albion obsessed listeners to next week use the word squiffy there you go um what was i going to say the the funny thing about marseille sitting back and defending for for what seemed like 90 minutes anyway um was the fact that their manager before the game said, you cannot come to Brighton and sit back and defend. Um, You will have to make a cross sign and hope that God helps you if you do that. Now, that's exactly what he did. Was that that mind games, Andrew, do you think? To be honest, I think they they knew they were... They they knew that they were going to come for a tough game. And 
they did get a tough game. We gave them, you know, just as much, you know, just as much back. But you've got to take into account that, you know, this side is a really, really decent side in their own league. And, you know, when you look at some of some of their games that they've been playing in their own league, it, it's just, you know, you would expect them to at least put one past us. That's a credit to our defence for keeping them out. I know there were some scary moments in that in that game where they've hit the bar and they've kind of come off the post. But overall, you've got to give credit to, to the Brighton defence for, for keeping them out. Yeah. Um, Curtis, we had chance after chance after chance yesterday, what it felt like in the stadium anyway. I've not really looked at the stats, so I don't know how many shots we actually had. But it felt like that the quality of the shots and the quality of the chances, it felt a little bit, and I'm sorry to say this, but it felt a little bit like watching Potable. Like we were waiting for that perfect opportunity. Do you think that's just just the way that Marseille set up, that we had to be patient and wait for that opening and they limited our chances? Or do you think that we can be a little bit better and a bit more direct at times? Um, yes and no to both of them. Uh, but... The stats here, um, we had 13 total shots on only five of them on target um, against their five overall shots with nothing on target, which is pretty mad. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, at times it just felt like we didn't have our shooting boots on, you know, there was no power behind some of them, and it was getting a bit frustrating. Um, but I, I think it's a testament, again, to the team and their heart and spirit to just keep on going, keep on shooting keep on fighting because they knew i think they knew eventually that they would get one and they did um because like i don't know if you saw the post-match press conference with deserve he was saying about how he he celebrated with a dinger and told him like you know you know you weren't that you weren't that great at times but you carried on doing it you carried on trying to score at least um and i thought that that was that was nice of him to sort of say that because it, sometimes we don't always have the best day at the office, but as long as you keep trying, that's an important thing. But yeah, I just thought at times we were our own worst enemy. Um, but I thought that they were pretty stubborn in defense as well. And it was just a lot of different elements that came together to make it really tricky in the end. Yeah. Those, um, those shooting stats surprised me a little bit actually, because I don't know if you feel the same, Andrew, but in the stadium, it, it certainly felt like we had more chances than that and, and that we were sort of peppering them at times. Um, do you think that's just because um, we were, you know, a little bit lacklustre with the final pass and we maybe thought we had more shots? Or, um, you know, how, how do you see our attacking approach when it comes to teams that just want to sit back and defend? I think the problem is sometimes is I think you... When we attack, we attack quite, you know, we, we try and get it down. The, we try and get it down the wing to try and see if we can get, to try and see if we can get the balls in from the wing and to get them crossed in and everything else. But when you're trying to get through a five-man wall, it's impossible. You know, it's quite, you know, when you see an awful lot of the Premier League games that we play, trying to get through a five-man wall from the other side is, is, is incredibly difficult. I do find that they actually they try to walk the ball in as if as if they've got no defenders in front of them and they're passing and passing and passing and there's always it's that last little bit that they do too much rather than 
try and take a strike from outside the box. They try and take that little bit more. Let's try and get into the six-yard box. Let's try and get into the 18-yard box. Let's try and see if we can just kind of take that extra touch. And, yeah, they do, you know, and when they do take a strike, when they do hit it from, from outside the box, it's very, it's, it, it's not strong enough. It's just not, it, it needs to be, the confidence within the player has to be there for that shot to be any good. And when you're expecting the rest of, you know, when you're expecting all your teammates around you to be to be there for when that ball kind of rebounds off of one of their defenders and it's we're not quite quick enough to get that ball back in again. It just seems to be, it may not, it's, it's not a criticism to what we're doing. It's just we just need to kind of not take too many touches. You know, if we've got it, Take that opportunity. You can hear it from the crowd. You can hear it from, you know, the North Stand say it all the time, you know, shoot, shoot. And it's kind of, you know, and when they don't and they take it, 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 it just gets frustrating. Yeah, it, I, I completely agree. You should have sent the group chat, Andreas, today. Just joking. Oh. Effing shoot. Honestly, like, <laughs> there so are so, so many opportunities where, you know, it's it's so easy. I'm going to preface this. It's so easy for us to sit in the stands and say, you should have had a shot there. You should have done this. You should have done that. But when you're on that pitch and you're faced with, as you say, Andrew, a, a five-man wall that you simply can't get past and you've got to think a little bit more of how are we going to score here, um, that it does take that extra men, uh, mental power from the players to to really think about how they're going to score. Um but the, the the thing that really annoys me is when they don't keep it simple at really tough times in the game, when you see little flicks here, little flicks there, and when you think, just take the first touch and bring that ball in and, and make it stick, they just can't quite make it stick. And um, it's, it's slightly frustrating, but, you know, let's not be too negative because the, the, the boys... They, you know, they gave absolutely everything yesterday and, and kept going right to the last. And that's what we see with the Zerbi's teams is they will never give up. If they're 3-1 down, 3-0 down, you know, we were 5-0 down against Everton. Sorry to remind people of that, but we we still didn't give up. Um, so it was, yeah, I think that's just credit to De Zerbi and what he gives uh, from a, a mentality side of things. <sighs> Curtis, let's talk about a few individuals, a few individual performances yesterday because there were some standouts for me. Um, and I think a man of the match is going to be relatively difficult to pick. I think there's maybe one that just edges it. And this man we'll talk about right now, Billy Gilmore. Can you give us his full name again, please? Bill Mero Gilzinio. That's his name. Romero Gilzinio. No, his name is um, Billy Clifford Gilmore, the one and only Billy Clifford Gilmore. What a performance he had yesterday. <sighs> Outstanding, absolute powerhouse. Um, he really, really surprised me. Really, really surprised me. And I don't know why, because um, he's, he's capable of putting in absolutely fantastic performances when it's required of him. Uh, and he's just really developed into like a mainstay of that midfield for me. Um, I love him. He's fantastic. Um, I can't, I don't have all the words. There aren't words yet to describe how good he was for me yesterday. 
the, the the words that should describe it, Curtis, are the Chelsea fans that were absolutely purring over him yesterday after that performance because they let him go for seven million British pounds. Andrew, just how good. Oh, that's is the only the... thing I will thank Potter for. So cheers for that, mate. <laughs> Absolutely. Andrew, just how good is Billy Gilmore and how good can he be? You know, let's not forget he's not he's not old. He's still got bags yeah. of potential. He's still learning under Deserby. Can he be better than Caicedo? That's the that's the that's the uh, big question, isn't it? Can he be as good as Caicedo? I think he can. I think he can. Remember, he's 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 only he's 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 only he's not he's not exactly he's only young, isn't he? He's not. I don't. He's not. The talent he's got and the way he controls that midfield. And what he was doing yesterday in that midfield is an absolute credit to him because he was all over it. It's there wasn't, you know, there wasn't one minute that you could turn around and say, "Well, he could have done better." You know, I'm sure if you are, if you if you if you ask him, I'm sure he would turn around and say that there were points of his game that he could have done better. But from a from a supporter's point of view and watching it, you would think everything was a hundred percent. And I'm sure that the stats yesterday, I'm sure they turned around and said it was like 97% accuracy on passing that he was doing. I'm sure it, it was just um, unbelievable. He's just, he's yeah, he's got a talent and hopefully that will continue. As long as they can keep him fit and they can keep him, you know, give him the game time because he's been doing so well. And, you know, the only time I think I want to see him not play is when he's injured and hopefully he won't ever get injured and hopefully he continues with the spirit he's got because he's a brilliant player I've met him I've, I've, I met him at Wolves briefly after the game he came out and saw some of the fans so you know that was a really nice kind of uh, kind of you know and it was just nice to meet him he's such a down to earth guy so yeah he's uh, totally controlling that midfield and may, and may it continue because he's brilliant yeah, definitely. Curtis, can we talk about his attitude as well? Since coming in, you know, he's had Alexis McAllister ahead of him, Moises Caicedo, uh, maybe a couple of other, other options in midfield, Pascal Gross being one of them as well. Um, he's had to stay so patient. And last season, you could see his work rate and um, ev- everything about him. He was just carrying in himself in, in the, the perfect way, the perfect way Deserby would want a, a squad player which is what he was last season, to carry himself. And now he's probably the first name on the team sheet in Deserby's midfield. Um, how impressive is the boy's attitude for sticking around and, and now being the, the main midfielder in a team winning their group in Europe? I mean, it's, it's highly commendable. I mean, most players could get quite jaded and annoyed about the whole situation about, you know, because I remember last season, it was it was kind of a struggle to get him in and him saying, you know, to fully understand the style of play, he has to play and whatnot. Um, but it, like we've said, like he's just a mainstay now. I, I can't, I, he, he, he's the first name on the team sheet for me, him and Gross, people like that, you know. Um, so yeah, hats off to the guy because uh, he's rapidly becoming one of my favourites in the squad. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, let's stay on individuals. Um, we obviously wanted to credit a team performance because it was a fantastic team performance from Steele all the way up to Jao Pedro. Um, but let's talk about a guy who came in for £14 million this summer. 
Julio Igor or Ego Julio. We call him Igor. We absolutely adore him in the North Stand. We adore him all over the Albion um, fan base. Um, he has been monumental since coming in. I don't think he's dropped one bad performance. Maybe Athens at home, but then you've got to think about it was his first time playing alongside Jan Paul Van Hecker. Um, so you've got a, a, a defensive partnership that don't really know how each other play. And then he comes in alongside Lewis Dunk and the Lewis Dunk effect happens. Every centre-back Lewis Dunk seems to play alongside, turns into prime Maldini somehow. Um, Andrew, how impressed are you with Igor and just how how much of a powerhouse he is in defence? He's a credit to himself. He really is because he certainly... He certainly knows how to play football, that's for sure. And he certainly has he has this talent. He knows exactly what where to be, you know. And it's just, you know, I think well, I think playing alongside Dunkey and and, uh, and Van Herk, I think he, he, that's a defence to be reckoned with, you know. And it's great to see that they're not just they're not scared of the ball. He, he controls that ball. He, he, if you look at some of the some of the challenges he does, you know, he doesn't have to. He tries not to commit a foul. He tries to get the ball away from from the other player, and he tries to you know get it forward as quickly as possible. And he's not he's not he's not scared of doing that. He just wants to be involved with that ball. Get it down the get it down the pitch. Get it to get it to one of his teammates that would be able to kind of fly down the middle and and do something with it, and it's a total credit to him, you know. And yeah, like I say, he's just a he's just he's just a powerhouse, and he's got all the he's got all the you know. And the fans love him, absolutely love him, and they just want to see more of him. It's absolutely, brilliant. I will say though, Joe, it's pretty amazing how we managed to register an absolute brick wall. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. I'm sure brick walls don't classify as a football player. Um, Curtis, let's stay on the subject of centre backs. Some amazing news came out tonight that Jean Paul Van Heck has signed a new deal that takes him up to June 2027. So that's another three-ish years, um, counting December, maybe yeah, three years um, that we've got him uh, at the club do you think he's he's in line to become that next sort of captain figure to replace Dunk in in the next three years or do you think is that putting too much pressure on him at this stage but what 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 a player to have sign a a new three years Absolutely. I mean, in my opinion, he shouldn't try and be anyone else, you know, because there'll be there'll be these comparisons of people being like, oh, he's the next dunk potentially, which is which is obviously an amazing thing to aspire to be. But he just needs to be the best version of himself um, because what what he's doing at the moment is fantastic. I mean, I have to say, like his improvement um, has been like meteoric, meteoric for me, like uh, like re- really, really quite amazing how quickly he's developed <clears throat> in such a short space of time as well, I think. Um, because at one point it felt like he might be on, on his way out, out the door, you know. Um because you know we heard rumors of him wanting, you know, going out on loan or being sold somewhere. Um but now, again, man's a mainstay for me. He really, really is. You know, it, if Dunk's not there anymore, I'm not particularly worried. 
um if it's like a, a two at the back you know those two there van heck and um and and igor um but yeah he's one of my favorite players he's definitely someone i've been rooting for for a very very long time and to see the success that he's had uh and the plaudits he's getting really fills me with a lot of joy so really really pleased for him yeah definitely andrew he's had to grow up quite quickly hasn't he i think he was quite a hothead um in his time at blackburn um, I think we saw uh, in pre-season that he could make a, a rash challenge or two, um, obviously getting picking up that red card, I think it was against Chelsea. Um, and uh, I think a few times last season when he had to be drafted in, there were a few really dodgy um, moments, but he's grown up so quickly. And even even Roberto De Zerbi has mentioned that the, the improvement of Jean-Paul Van Hecker is unlike anything he's ever seen. Um, is it unlike anything you've ever seen? You, how, how impressed are you with the, with our young Dutchman? I think the way, I think when you watch him play, remember, it's like you said, he's still learning. He's still learning. He's still a young lad. You know, at the end of the day, you know, you're not going to get every situation right. There's always going to be occasions when you're playing that things don't go right for you. But he's Deserby's got he's got so much faith in him. You know, he's he is he's he's a player that is a, he's, he's very versatile. He can you know he can switch either side. He can you know if you go back to the Nottingham Forest game and when Dunkey got sent off. He he took control of that. You could see he took control of that. And he did everything he possibly could with the team to make them as solid as possible. He doesn't he doesn't just work on his own performance. He also works on you know the, the youngsters in the team. He encourages them, he gets behind them, he tells them when they're doing something wrong and what they're supposed to be, you know, you can see that. You know, and him and Dunkey work really, really well. So yeah. Absolute brilliant and credit to him. And, you know, Deserby, he knows what he's doing. He knows when he can see a decent player because he's that type of manager. And we're just very, very lucky to to have whoever Deserby brings in. So, yeah, I think you're spot on. Um, Curtis, he's one of those players, Jampel Van Hecker, that a lot of football fans say on Twitter, especially, he, he just gets it. He's 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 Albion. When he puts on that shirt, he's one of us. He's a fan, um, and you see it multiple times when he'll make a tackle or he'll make a block, and he'll turn to the north stand and, and celebrate as if he scored a goal. Um, how important is that to to have a player like that that shows that passion and, and really brings the fans into the game? Well, the passion bleeds into into the way he plays obviously when you have someone that that wants to celebrate with the fans and show how much you know he wants to fight you know it it tells you a lot about how he's going to play for you um so yeah it's hugely important uh, not just for the squad um and i'm i'm really really glad that we've we've secured him uh for a bit longer because he's just going to grow and grow and get better and better and i'm you know i'm excited for it really really am Definitely. Let's talk about another young lad who looked unbelievably lively yesterday. We've spoken about Jack Kinsherwood. Let's go a little bit more forward on the pitch and speak about a man uh, who has carried himself incredibly well. And I always give him respect for that. I've I've not been his his best critic in terms of um, 
how he he's played in terms of skill, in terms of what he's given to the game. But I've always given this guy credit on how much he's given to the squad. And that is for Kondo Bonanotte starting in his natural uh, number 10 role yesterday, Andrew. Um, I thought even fr- from my perspective, um, he looked incredibly lively in the first half and, and a little bit into the second half as well and, and was linking up play perfectly. Um, what's your opinion on on our young Argentine? And do you think his, his ceiling is, is quite high? Start, hasn't he? He's had a bit of a tough start within the team. And uh, there were times when he wasn't playing at all. And I think now Deserby's kind of, you know, we, we saw him, you know, playing at Chelsea. And, uh, yeah, brilliant. He's You've got to give a player a chance. You've got to give them a chance to, to show what they've got. Because if you don't, then you could be, you know, you could be, missing out on a player that's got a lot of talent and he loves playing. He loves, you know, Deserby's very much for him. He seems to play him. He seems to, you know, he's been in, he's been in the first 11 for a couple of games now and he seems to be doing really, really well. You know, it's like any player. You try to take one too many touches or, you know, and that's something he needs to kind of, as soon as he's got chance to release that ball, he needs to release it because he just seems to be taking it on a little bit too more, too much. But, yeah, he's a brilliant player. He just needs to have that opportunity to to show what he can do in, in, in the 11 and just to see how he goes. You know, Deserby would be the first one to turn around and say, right, you're not playing good enough, you know, and you'll be on the bench. It's quite, it's, it, that's the manager he is. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Andrew, I think you're absolutely spot on. Um, so I think we've been beating around the bush for a while. Let's talk about the big moment. Um, actually, no, we're going to beat around the bush a little bit more because there was a moment in the game that I thought it was it was over for us, that I thought the Marseille would play out perfectly for their nil-nil draw that they so badly wanted. And that was the moment that Evan Ferguson had a shot, a very good shot, I must add, the goalkeeper saves it and they give a goal kick. Curtis, what? <laughs> Joe, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I really don't know why, why that was a thing. Um, yeah, but lovely shot from Ferguson. It's a shame I didn't hit the back of that net, but... Is what it is. Sorry, it's a, what do you think? Like, the, but those moments when, as you edge towards the end of the game, and you, you really need something to go for you, that that chance of a corner is taken away from you, and it just it felt like to me a complete punch in the stomach because the momentum <clears throat> before that chance was incredible, yeah. Um, yeah. and it felt like the crowd were drawing that ball into the net, and then you saw the players' reactions once he he gave a goal kick. Um, it just felt like for me at that at that moment. I don't know if it did for you, but it just felt like the the, the game was gone. Um, yeah, I mean that could have been a game changing moment, obviously. Uh, and then when we weren't awarded that corner, I was like it's confusing. Um, you know why? Lots of lots of expletives, as you can imagine. Um, but I I thought if we keep knocking the door the way we're doing it. I, I thought we'll, we'll we'll potentially get something out of this. 
Uh, and about five minutes before the goal, I was sort of resigning to the fact, I was like, they're going to get this draw here. They're going to get this draw here. Um, but obviously, I was just fully in belief. I was like, we, we, we've we got to try and get something out of this. And well, you know, we did. So. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, Andrew, probably give or take a few minutes, exactly 24 hours ago, that Amex absolutely erupted because Jao Pedro takes the ball away from his man. Some absolutely delicious football, first of all, from I think it started with Billy Gilmore, came across to Lalana, who played a lovely flick to Gross. Gross does what he does best and gets the ball to, to a player in the box. Jao Pedro takes the ball away from the Marseille defender absolutely fantastically well. And it, I don't know if, if it felt the same for you, Andrew, but in that moment, everything stopped. And it felt like, is it going to leave Jao Pedro's boot? And then suddenly it's in the back of the net and the Amex just goes absolutely wild. Where does where does that moment rank for you? Like we've had some incredible moments in this, these last 12 months even. Where does it rank for you? I didn't realise who'd scored it at the time. And it's kind of, you're. I'm, I'm kind of right behind the strike as it's kind of you know, left and it's heading towards the back of the net. And as soon as it goes in, it, that moment of, oh, my God, I think we have just done this. And the reality of it was just kind of, we are literally minutes away from winning this group now. We we cannot. And you're, you're kind of, you're, you're talking to yourself, Within, within the kind of saying, right, we need to keep the ball and we need to make sure that they don't come down here and try and get one. But before that, you've got then you've got Pedro scoring. He's then running over to the east stand, jumping in with the fans, which is incredible. And he's it's almost like he's having his own little party in there with them because of the amount of fans he had around him. And I don't actually think security knew what to knew what to do. To be perfectly honest, apart from you know, and then you've got you know you've got the rest of the team following up behind him, and you know, and then he goes and stands on the advertising hoardings with uh, with with Donkey holding his shirt. So yes, incredible. And the north, I can see the north stand from where I, you know, obviously where I'm from, where I where I, where I was kind of sitting and. The atmosphere in that North Stand was incredible, absolutely incredible. There wasn't one person I could possibly say that wasn't celebrating that goal. And then if you actually look back on the actual goal itself, the North Stand was a complete mess. It was just, it was just, you know. And then you, you've got Pedro running over to the east, jumping in there. You, it's, it's that golden moment of a very, very precious goal being scored by the one mm. and only. It could only it could have only have been him that, that could have, that could have done that. Because everybody there everybody else has had that chance to score last night and it didn't happen, you know. And Pedro comes up with the goods and what a strike it was. Yeah. Do you know what Andrew you summed that up absolutely perfectly? You know, it it had to be Jao Pedro. He has scored, Curtis, in every single Europa League game for Brighton and Hove Albion. He sits top 
of the scoring charts in the Europa League with six goals, given that some of them are penalties. But I think I think we had a conversation, Andrew. He won. He's won most of those penalties. Um, so it's it's a credit to him. And yeah, as you say, Andrew, the golden moment. Curtis, how how good of an analogy is that? That golden moment that that ball leaves Jao Pedro's boot and and wins us a Europa League group stage is just mind-boggling. I, I mean, I know exactly what you meant about sort of time stopping because I, I saw him in the box and then everything, it was weird. I was like, I was sat here and I was thinking to myself, right, I was like, just go, just go for it at this point. And then it, it seemed to last like five minutes or something else like that. And then the next thing I knew, he was running into the crowd and I was here just like, you know, like celebrating and stuff. And uh, then obviously like, Deserby was head first into the crowd as well. It was just it was a, it was a beautiful, beautiful pivotal moment in the club's history. This is going to be something that in twenty years' time we'll look back on and be like, that is when we we topped a European group, the group of death, um, to get to the last round of sixteen and and whatnot. Um, again, when you when you look back on the history of of the club, where we've been, the journey we've taken. And when we are now, it's um, it, it's it's emotional at times, you know. It, it's it's mad. Like I, I've told you this before. Like I used to hate football for some reason because I was a mad person, um, uh, and it's like fully changed my life. And I and like I, I get to experience these amazing moments with incredible people such as yourselves. And uh, I I couldn't be more thankful that I get to take this ride with all of you. So that's just all I want to say about it. Mate, it's honestly just so incredible. Um, I saw a really funny tweet earlier, um, <laughs> made me giggle that um, every time Brighton make history, in the, in, especially in the last twelve months, you know we've been they've been making that documentary stand or fall. You just see the editor going, oh, "For fuck's sake, <laughs> I'm not done yet." <laughs> and then you've got to add more and add more and add more. And I think that's probably why the why there's been such a delay on it because. This club story, Johnny Cantor said it best, and it plays every time at the Amex uh, before the players walk out. It gets better and better and better. And I don't know where it stops, Andrew. What is... So, uh, a manager of, of previous times, Gus Poyer, once said that this football club had a ceiling. What is the ceiling of this football club? Is there a ceiling? How far can we go? Well, you would like to think that, you know, we've we've won the group. We've, 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 we've put it this way. We've gone into a competition which the club have never been in before. And we thought we were proud at that moment. We've then gone through the group and we've won it. And we've not just, okay, we've we've come, we've we've got, we've we're second in the group with Marseille being top. We go into the last game, needing to win it, and now we've topped the group and we've won the group, and we're now into the last sixteen of this incredible competition, which no one could ever have predicted. As much as you think in your head that this club you know, is capable of doing it. 
we seem to go one stage, one step further each time. I don't think there is a limit. I think the, if the club, if, if the club can do what the club wants to do, there is no limit to what they can do. They've already proved that more than in, in more than once. You know, they get promoted into the Premier League all those years ago. They get to a semi-final of an FA Cup. It's you know, and now you, you you're in the Europa League, and, and you kind of you've just won the group, and you know, you the next stage of this whole store this this whole journey with the club is one of the most important journeys the club will be on you know yeah. and don't forget we've still got the premier league <laughs> and we've still and we've still got a huge amount of injuries that we're trying to recover from and yet the side he's putting out the team are working solidly for him because they want to get this team into a position where they are going to be you know, Brighton always used to be a club that would never achieve that that would struggle to achieve. But now look at us; we are what we call Super Brighton, and we will always be Super Brighton. There is no, there's no two ways about that. You know, I love this club more than anything else, and yeah, the skies are open. We can achieve what we want to want to achieve as long as we can. As long as we can keep a team fit, we can we can go far. Yeah, I think you've summed that that up absolutely perfectly. And I was I was actually going to touch Curtis on on the injury situation. What Andrew's just described there, you would imagine being a team that have all of their fit players and have all of their top players available to play, and and you know these players to step up in these huge moments. And yes, we've got Jao Pedro. Yes, we've still got some really really good players that are playing for us. Like Deserby's made such an incredibly strong squad out of what he's had to make it out of. And, you know, it's it's such a credit to the football club, isn't it, Curtis, that we've managed to achieve this with the injury crisis that's going on right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I want to echo a lot of what Andrew was saying. I think, I said, I th- I think it speaks for speaks a lot of volumes about the players and them wanting to play for the manager and wanting to do well for the club and you know it's abundantly clear out there on on, on the pitch when we're stretched really really thin having to play youth players at times and um not having you know key key players when we when we you know might need them and what have you um you know, and we and we have a lot of negatives about um oh you know oh we're getting too many draws or um you know, like oh Brighton haven't actually won a game in X amount of games, or they're not getting enough clean sheets. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm just really proud of of, of the team, um, and the the fight and the hunger is abundantly clear out there. And as long as we keep having that fire, that fight, and that hunger, I feel like we can continue and we can keep growing and we can. The the sky's the limit, you know. The sky is the limit. Exactly that, um, Andrew. I've just had a comment um, in in our in our YouTube um, that's uh, from your other half that says, "So Andrew loves the club more than anything." Is that including me? I hope not, um, Andrew. Mate, I think you're sleeping on the sofa tonight. Anything to add? <laughs> oh dear, dearie, dearie me. Oh bless her. Nah, she's uh, 
She's an absolute, she's a credit to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I see that. I see that. Don't you worry, Andrew. I'll, I'll back you up. You're all good. Um, let's, um, let's ask the hard question then, Curtis. Player of the match. Go on. Uh, there was there's a few options for me, but I, it's going to have to go to Bill, Billy, Billy Gilmore. Uh, fantastic, you know we've touched on it, um, but he was incredible. So Billy Gilmore for me, yeah, yeah, good shout, good shout, Andrew, player of the match for me, please. Problem is, I think they were all. They all played their hearts out last night, and it's going to be. It's incredibly difficult when they when they when when they do that because you can't really give just one person man of the match because there isn't. If I had to go for one, um, I think it, I would have to do exact. I would have to, you know. That's all, yeah. Okay, I'll go for Billy. I think he's yeah. He, he controlled midfield. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, well, or do I agree? Do I? Curtis, I'm, I think I'm going to be different. Sorry, Billy Gilmore, you're not going to get an Albion-obsessed clean sweep because I want to give my man of the match to our absolute brick wall at the back, Igor. I think that man is Colwell times 10. The way he runs with the ball, the way he defends, the way he keeps his line with Dunkey and Van Hecker, his discipline is just something to behold. Fourteen million pounds. Yeah, see, that's that what I was struggling with. That was what I was because to me it was between Billy and the centre backs. Yeah, you know those two yeah. centre backs, Van, Van Heck or Eagle. Um, but yeah, don't blame you for giving it to Eagle because he was incredible too. So. I just I, I love him, and he's another one of those players that just gets it. You know, I, I've seen so many interactions with fans. Um, I I get the uh, the park and ride um, to to Brighton Racecourse, and the Brighton players always drive past us on their way home. And um, whenever he's stuck in traffic, he's always interacting with the Brighton fans. And you can see how much he's loving it at this football club. You see it on the club socials. Um, I think Igor is an absolute credit to this football club, and uh, long may that continue. So he gets my Player of the Match award. Another player I wanted to shout out quite quickly because he has got a lot of negative um, plaudits on this podcast. Um, can you say plaudits and negative? Probably not, but oh well. Um, so he's got a lot of quite quite a lot of negativity on this podcast. That's James Milner. I thought when he came on, Dagan, this is for you. He came on with Pascal Gross on the pitch, and we didn't concede. Granted. There was a counter-attack that filled me with a lot of dread and James Milner was not tracking back. But going forward, I thought James Milner was absolutely fantastic yesterday and really sort of solidified us uh, when we had to close the game out. So I think they're the moments you need the players like Lalana, like Welbeck, like James Milner, who are going to come on and give that pedigree of a big player to close out a big game. So just wanted to give him credit. So... There you go, James Milner, you're welcome. Um, let's look ahead, Curtis, in a Simon Adingra fashion, um, to Arsenal at the weekend. So in our last Premier League game, we drew one all with Burnley. They had a very lucky deflected goal and not a clean sheet in the Premier League. Still, we're in December, no clean sheet. I know, Curtis, you're going to say that doesn't matter. <sighs> 
we move on to Arsenal. How how are you feeling ahead of that game? Easy four <laughs> nil. Uh, no, I mean, I mean, honestly, obviously, it's going to be really, really tough. Uh, Arsenal uh, have looked really, really, really good at times. Um, don't let the fact that they, you know, lost to Villa, um, uh, you know, fill you with any sort of sense of like, oh, we're going to smash them. Um, but listen, you know, we're we have a lot thinner squad than we did the last time that we faced them and we beat them. Um, so it's going to be a really tough test. Um, but uh, it's it's actually a game I'm looking forward to seeing because uh, I'm interested to see how we're going to line up and everything else, the usual. Uh, but I'm somewhat confident. Do you want a goal prediction from me as well? Yeah, go for it. Let's go with a score prediction. <sighs> okay. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say a 2-1, right? That's my score prediction. To us? Um, I believe so, yes. Yes. Scorers? Okay. Surely Billy Gilmore needs a goal by now. Oh, mate. Like, like I, was, I was saying this. <laughs> when we were watching the game yesterday, I was like, I'd love him to score in this game, you know, yesterday. Um, but I believe it will be gross and a dingra. That's, that's what I think. Yeah. yeah. They're good selections. Andrew, how are you feeling ahead of the game? Are you going to the Emirates? Um, and yeah, what do you think the score would be? Yeah, um, yeah, going Sunday. Um, making my way to lovely London again to uh, go and see this game uh, with, uh, with Vicky. Um, and I think it's going to be a tough game. There's no two ways about it. We've literally just come off the back of this Europa game. And I'm just hoping that the... I'm just hoping that the players are going to be, they're going to be hungry for it. We, you know, there's no, there's no two ways about that. They're going to be hungry for it. Just hope they're going to be kind of. It's the tiredness is always seems to be the problem, and just hope that they that they've recovered enough to kind of see them through. But yeah, I think I'm going to go for I'm I'm going to go for I'm going to go for a draw of a two all. I think. And if we and if and if anything more than that happens and it goes our way, then that will be a a, a fine afternoon. So, so yeah, going to do two all. I think I think Pedro, if he's hopefully he's fit because I know he went off with a bit of a knock, but if he's um if he's available and he's fit enough to play, hopefully he'll he'll uh, do the honours and uh, put another one in for us. Um, You've got the likes of Grace, who's quite capable of of, of, of banging in a couple of goals. Um, problem is, you've got everybody in that team that's quite capable. You've got Adingra, you know, it's you know just popping back to yesterday. Adingra didn't play brilliantly yesterday. Um, you know, he put that one over the bar, and it was kind of, you know, if he had taken that a little bit smoother, he could have uh, at least got a save out the keeper if he hadn't. If, you know that would have been that would have been worth him rather than putting it over the bar. But I just think that uh, yeah, it's going to be a tif- it's going to be a difficult game because Arsenal are going to be up for it and they're going to be ready for it. And going to the Emirates is it's always going to be you know a hostile environment. Going there anyway because Arsenal have fan- got fantastic support behind them. But yet again, we're going to be taking taking away all 3,000 bucks with us. They're going to be right behind the team and, you know, got 
big, big celebrations to be celebrating with the team after yesterday. So, yeah, the, we're, we'll all be in fine voice. So, yeah, we've just got to make sure that we uh, that we, we've recovered enough because that would be the that would be the key to this game. If we've recovered, then we'll we'll get something out of it. Yeah, definitely. I I fully agree. Um, it's going to be a a good day either way because, as you say, Andrew, we've got a lot to celebrate with this squad. We've got a lot to be proud for, and you know, I, what I'm waiting for is the fact that if we lose on Sunday, it's going to be the end of the world, Curtis, isn't it? Everyone's going to say this person out, that person, this person. But in reality, if we lose to Arsenal or the Emirates, we're losing to title contenders, right? So let's just yeah, put thing, that right? reality out there in the world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if we get beaten by Arsenal, it won't be a surprise, you know, because they are title contenders this season. They're playing very, very well. We have a very uh, stretched, thin team. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't put it past us to to go there and do and do what we do and do it well and maybe get something out of it. So we'll just have to wait and see how it pans out. Yeah, exactly that. Um, score prediction from me, I think that it will be a lovely, ooh, 1-0 win for the Albion. I think it's going to be close. I'm going to go with my heart. And a clean sheet, you're saying? A clean sheet, a first clean sheet at the Emirates. We, we all know what happened at the Emirates last season, Curtis. Um, and and if Deserby, more of that. Absolutely, if Deserby comes out and says the same thing, I will love it, and I think I deserve it. Get it? Yeah. Cool. All right. Nice one. <laughs> what was that, Andrew? I said, don't forget, don't forget. We've although we've got Arsenal on Sunday, don't forget we've got another massive game a few days later on the on the <sighs> Thursday with Palace. Ah, and Crystal Palace get to experience what it's like playing on a Thursday night. Absolutely. How how lovely of them. Against a team that have such incredible European pedigree as well. Palace, you are so, so welcome. Andrew, you're going to sell us, are you? I'll tell you something. If I could get a ticket, I would, but they're completely sold (laughs) out. Gold dust. Gold dust. Absolutely gold dust. You're never going to yeah. get a ticket for that unless unless <laughs> one becomes available at some point. So Yeah, or unless you've rightly got 300-odd loyalty points, which, you know, absolutely. these people that go to Europe and that lot absolutely deserve to, yeah, to experience these moments. So yeah, um, hopefully they can go there and beat the Palace scum. Um, but enough about Palace. We've got to focus on Arsenal first. Um, and uh, let's close the show. So... If you would be so kind to like, share, and comment, um, really does help us out. Also, Curtis, we released something the other day, didn't we? We did uh, something that we're incredibly proud of, something we put a lot of very hard work into, and that's uh, the Within Years, which uh, follows two of our hosts, Tom and Aaron's stories, uh, talking about their memories um of the within stadium so if you could please 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 give that a watch uh share it to your uh, albion sporting friends and family and just um and just get it out there because we're incredibly proud of it and we want people to see it so if you could do that that'd be great yeah exactly i think i'm biased in saying oh sorry andrew what was that can i just give two shouts can i just give two shout outs if that's possible yeah go for it um to my to my daughter grace um i love you loads um and to my son luke Love you loads too. And uh, Vicky, love you millions. And yeah, brilliant. Fantastic. There you go. 
you've reminded me, Andrew, I actually need to give a shout out to somebody that watches this show quite often. Um, and he actually sits right in front of, in front of me. Um, I met him at the Burnley game. His name is Tommy. He's an absolute legend. Um, thanks for watching the show, mate. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this one as well. Um, don't repeat the swears. You're not, you're not old enough to swear yet. So just skip past that bit. We didn't swear. It's okay. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm so glad you love the show and so glad you got to send a message to, to the guys the other day. Um, they really appreciated it. And I'm his favourite. Yeah. What, yeah. Whatever, Joe. I don't even care. Whatever. Oh, whatever. I don't care. He's going to go cry later. Way, Andrew, thank you very much for coming on and uh, joining us this evening. It's been a pleasure having you on, mate. Nah, it's been, uh, it's been, uh, it's been brilliant. And, uh, yeah it's been fantastic thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it and hopefully i can uh, hopefully if i've if 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 i've part you know if you're happy i'll um i'll be uh, hopefully i'll come on again in the in in the future we're more than happy to have you andrew more we are a very very open door at albion obsessed we uh we don't need yeah yeah no competitions nothing like that just bring yourself in and have a good honest chat about the albion Exactly that. Exactly that. That's what we're all about. We're all about family. We're all about community. That's what we want here. Um, so, yeah. Um, also, don't forget, oneclopshop.com. 10% off if you enter code Albion Obsessed for all your football shirt needs. I love football shirts. Curtis loves football shirts. We all love football shirts. Joe, did Go you say get 10%? yourself 10% off. 10%. That's a, that's a good deal. That's a very good deal. It's incredible. Um, also, we're running a competition at the moment on our Twitter. Um, Mezella Designs um, have created a lovely Jao Pedro moment post um, that you know you can get and hang on your wall. Um, it's incredible. If you want to win it, go to our Albion Obsessed Twitter, retweet the tweet, follow us, follow Mezella Designs, and hopefully you will win. Um, and it will be a lovely Christmas present for whoever you want to give it to. Anyway, enough waffling on let's close the episode wherever you may be whenever you may be have a great time see you later guys bye bye